I don't know if you guys on this side of the room can see that or not, but uh, it says right up here, Life Expectancy Forecaster. Life Expectancy Forecaster. And um, that's the reality of uh, our life right there. This is it. Coming, going. James chapter 4, verse 14 says, What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. In the book of Psalm, chapter 90, verse 12 says, Teach us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Here's the reality. Life is short. We've kind of learned that. There's the old saying, you know, it's kind of maybe it's a little bit morbid and maybe we don't like to think about it a whole lot, but it's just, it's kind of true. I, you know, I've been hearing it my whole life and um, that means I've only been, you know, hearing it for about half as long as some of you. But um, uh, yeah, I know. Hey, a little bit of humor there. Hey, listen to this. But the saying, you've heard the saying before. You've heard the saying, you know, when somebody passes away, you've ever heard somebody say it comes in threes? Anybody ever heard that before? Anybody ever heard it comes in threes? Nobody? One of you. Okay. There we go. Yes. All right. Here we go. Comes in. And, you know, unfortunately, right here in the room, uh, you know, we can kind of say that uh, uh, Jim's mom, you know, and Al's sister and and um, uh, uh, Jerry, I mean, uh, Louis, Louis Wickland, right? You know, it's kind of right right here in the room. And and uh, and they would all tell us, they would all tell us right now for sure. They would all point right at us and say, life is short. They would say, you need to understand, uh, make sure you are ready, be ready. That's what they, that's exactly what they would uh, communicate uh, to us right now. Because here's what we know for a fact, that life is short. And that's why, that's why James 4.14 says, uh, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while. And then it goes away. And so right over here, we have a very accurate life expectancy forecaster. That's what that is, a life expectancy forecaster. Now, why am I talking about those things? Here's really what I would like to talk with you a little bit about this morning is uh, this, how to leave a godly legacy. You can write that down right there in your bulletin, how to leave a godly legacy because life is short. Life is short. And we want to leave a godly legacy because nobody gets out of this life alive. That's just the reality. Nobody gets out of this life alive. So how to leave a godly legacy? What will generations to come say about your existence? Think about that. What will generations to come say about your existence? So number one, do this. Say the words that God wants you to say. Write that down. Say the words that God wants you to say. This life is short. Uh, you only get so many words. And say the words that God wants you to say. Solomon did. King Solomon, maybe you recall that... Uh, uh, according to scripture, God sort of communicates to uh, King Solomon. He says, Solomon, I'll give you anything you want. And you remember what Solomon asked for, right? He asked for wisdom. He asked for wisdom. And so uh, we know that scripture calls us, you know, one of the wisest guys ever to live. And here's what Solomon did in the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verse 20 and 23. He says, my son, so he begins to communicate to his son. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them 
and health to a man's whole body. And he says this, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Solomon communicates, Solomon communicates uh, to his son these words, pay attention to who you are. Pay attention to your heart. Don't let your heart be defiled. Give your heart to God. Pay attention to God. Don't let your heart be corrupted because it is the wellspring of uh, your life. Is that something that you could be uh, communicating? Say the words, say the words God wants you to say. Guess what? God did. God did that. God communicated. What was the life lesson? What was the, what did God communicate to his son here on earth? We know that Jesus Christ went into the waters of baptism. He came up out of the waters of baptism. And before he had done any miracles, before he entered into his ministry, here's what God the Father says to his son, according to Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. God looks down at his son and he says, my son's only going to be there for a little while. His ministry is only going to be about three years and three years from now, he's going to be coming home. He's going to literally go through hell before he gets back here. But while he is there, there's something that I want him to know. I want to impress upon him that I love you and you are my child and I care about you. I'm interested in you and I am pleased with you. You are my son. And so how do you leave a godly legacy? You say the words that God wants you to say. Here's a question. What do you need to say that will be remembered? What do you need to say that will be remembered? Who do you need to say it to? What do you need to say? What did your parents communicate to you? Did your parents communicate to you teaching, biblical teaching? Did your parents communicate to you blessing and spiritual blessing? Or was your story very, very different? Is what took place in your home, did it make you push away from God? Is, uh, did it make you believe that the parents did not love you and that a God could not uh, love you? What took place in your home? You have the opportunity to flip the script. You have an opportunity to change the legacy. You have the opportunity to communicate to your children. Even now, no matter how old they are, you have the ability to communicate to them like God communicated to his child, that I care about you and I love you and that you are mine, and I am interested in you. What can you communicate? Write this down in your bulletin. Words of blessing. Words of blessing. Write down. This is what you want to communicate. Words of blessing. Can you, uh, can, this is tough, because I'm not sure. It's one of those things I'm a little fuzzy on. Can a person receive too much praise? Can a person receive too much praise? Um, I'm not sure that I have ever kind of at the end of the day saying, oh, no, they should not have praised me anymore. I'm not sure that I ever laid in bed at night going, oh, no, they, they should have been more mean to me. I wish that they were uh, less appreciative. And, and, you know, here's what I know. Um, uh, I probably have an, uh, an unfillable bucket of, uh, you know, if you tell me, I really appreciate you. You know, I like you. You're doing a great job. Thank you. You know, uh, who doesn't want to hear more of that, right? Because too often we don't hear that. 
what kinds of words, words of blessing, words of blessing that we can say. I think probably most of us, the reality is, is that we wrestle with a little bit of self-doubt. And uh, we wrestle with a little bit of self-worth and self-value. And, and there's times that we do things or say things or think things. And we think, how could I even think that? Or how, why did I do that? And, and what will our legacy be? You can think of the people in your life right now that have been an encouragement to you. And they're always encouraging to you. And you appreciate those people. And we have the opportunity. What, what will our life be? That's just a great question because... Life expectancy forecaster. Life expectancy. So speak words of blessing. Speak words of blessing. My kids, um, growing up, my kids always knew uh, what I expected of them, what I wanted them to do. My kids always knew that. Probably my kids would have done well to hear a little bit more of praise and encouragement from me. Um, I tried along the way, and, but they always knew. Listen to this. Somebody said this. Never miss a chance to turn positive thoughts into positive words. Never miss a chance to turn positive thoughts into positive words. That's a great idea. Catch people doing things and tell them when they're doing them well, catch people doing things that you appreciate and tell them. Maybe that needs to be your spouse or a coworker, or maybe that needs to be a neighbor or maybe you got a neighbor that helps you out along the way and does things for you. But catch people that are doing things that you appreciate and then communicate to them that you appreciate those things. Those are great ideas. Do those things. I'm, 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 I'm trying to do that at Kids Club. I'm trying to do that at Kids Club. we got 14 kids running around there and... Um, uh, you know, some of them, uh, they're kids, right? They get a little bit squirrely, and they kind of want to wander off this way, and they want to wander off and do that thing over there. And, uh, you know, so we get this big stick, and we beat them really hard, and um, they just, they won't comply. No, we don't do anything like that. We don't do anything like that. So we, we want to encourage them. We want to be kind to them. So we try to catch the kids at doing something that is good and right. And we just say, hey, you know, I appreciate that. Come on over here and have a seat. You know, you did a great job cutting that board or drilling that thing. Come on over here. You know, um, we, we try to catch them doing the right thing and encourage them. We try to do, catch them doing the right thing and encourage them. Because you know what? Uh, life is short. So how do you leave a godly legacy? You say the words that God wants you to say because this life is short. And then do this. Write this down. Then do. Do what God wants you to do. How do you leave a godly legacy? You communicate. You say the words that God wants you to say. Then you do what God wants you to do. Um, Paul did. The apostle Paul did that. He wrestled with it. It wasn't easy for him. But uh, he kind of uh, looked at himself as a poor reflection, and he said, that guy there in the mirror, he's got to do what God wants him to do. In the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 24, here's Paul. However, I consider my life worth nothing. That's what he said. Paul said that. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race, compete Complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. 
That was Paul's life work. What was the legacy that he wanted to leave? Or what was the statement that he wanted to make with his life? That I am going to be fully committed to Christ, even though it's hard, even though it's difficult. Even, my, life is, I, my life is nothing if it isn't for Jesus Christ. And he wanted uh, to communicate uh, that. He felt like he had an unfinished task. He wanted everybody to know Jesus. There were times when he said, I'd love to come and see you, but the Spirit hasn't allowed me to do that. But it was his desire to go and to preach and to teach everywhere he could at all times. Question, what is your unfinished task? What is your unfinished task? What is it that God is calling you to do before your life is gone? What is your legacy? Could it be um, something really big? Is God calling you to sell everything you have and go on the mission field? I, I think that there's evidence. I think, isn't there a history in this church of some people that have kind of uh, just stopped doing what they were doing and went on the mission field or stopped doing what they were doing in life and went into full-time ministry? Is that kind of a call that God is making uh, you on you and your heart to do something like that? Or uh, maybe it's to do something transformational. Maybe you need to start a Bible study in your neighborhood and you need to bang on the doors that are around you and do something that's just bigger and farther beyond anything you think you can do under your own power, but maybe God is calling you to do that. Here's the question. What is your unfinished task that God is calling you to do? Maybe it's relational. Maybe the unfinished task that God is calling you to finish is uh, uh, maybe there's some people out there that you need to connect with and you need to forgive them. Maybe there's some people that uh, uh, you need to apologize to. Maybe there's some people out there before it's too late and before your life has expired. Maybe there's some people that you need to establish a relationship with. Maybe you need to offer some help to some people. Maybe they're right around you in your neighborhood and you have the ability uh, to help them. Maybe that is the work, the unfinished task that God is calling you to do. What is the godly legacy that you are going to lead? You need to say the words God is calling you to say and you need to do what God is calling you to do. And maybe that, uh, maybe there's a book inside of you that you need to work on and you need to write for other people uh, to learn from some of the lessons that you've learned in life. Maybe God is calling you to lead more dynamically in your own family for the gospel of Jesus Christ, to pick up the phone, to make some phone calls. And as the holidays come and everybody's around for Thanksgiving, maybe there's something that you need to communicate to them or you get together for Christmas and you just kind of rate it all out there and you say, there's something that you have to know about me before I leave this earth, that this is the way that Jesus has impacted my life. Maybe you can give a generous gift. Does the name Maud Smiley mean anything to anybody in here? Maud Smiley, you know that name, Maud Smiley. Some of you know that name. Uh, when you walk through the doors here, there's a little plaque on the right-hand side when you walk in that says, uh, this sanctuary is sort of built in honor of her parents. And Maud Smiley was a school teacher right here when this place was a, a, a school, right? And, and uh, here's a school teacher. And she ends up just saving her money and saving her money and saving her money. And then she puts down a big chunk of kaboom, right? Seed money that is planted so that this sanctuary could be built clear back in 83 and in 84 and Maybe you have the ability to make a generous gift. What is God calling you to do? What is your unfinished work in this life? There's just, you know, life is just different all the time, right? And our life is here for a while and then it is gone. It is here for a while and then it is gone. And so how do you leave a godly legacy? You say the words that God 
calls you to say and you do what God is calling you to do and then you do this. You live, write this down, live the way that God wants you to live. The truth is, most of us don't. Uh, the truth is, we kind of look for loopholes and we try to figure out little ways to, to kind of feel good. Like, yep, I'm doing exactly what I should be uh, doing. But then we do a little bit of that kind of laying awake at night kind of thinking and going, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, I could be a little bit more committed in this area. Or, you know, maybe I should be a little bit more diligent in my prayer life or my study life. And what is it that God is calling you to do? He's calling you to live for him. Live the way that he calls you to live. There is a way that we are to live, and it's called a legacy life. We're to live a legacy life. That means that uh, we would live a life that when we die, people kind of talk about us, and they would say, because here's the reality. I don't know if you know this or not, but you're going to die. And uh, when you die, this is going to happen. It's just true. Um, People are going to talk about you right after you die. Right after you die, right after your funeral, people are going to get together and they're going to talk about you. And they're either going to talk about you in a, in a good way or they're going to talk about you in a really bad way. I've uh, had the privilege and the disprivilege of being a part of funerals for people that I don't even know. I've never even met them. And I, I just kind of get the call and say, well, you do the funeral. And then I, and, and I've seen this happen. I've seen uh, people I don't even know. And th- there's the funeral. And then they, they go back to the, uh, the church and there's a potluck. And while they're eating potato salad, uh, they are just chewing this person up and they're spitting them out because this person, their legacy was that uh, they left, uh, you know, the whole family just bankrupt and destitute. And they were addicted to drugs and, and their family, their, their whole life was just a big disaster and there were people even in the room that were just glad that they were gone because their life was a mess and then we've all been a part of those times when we come together and though we miss the person that we know and love we know we miss them but we come together and there's a sense of calm and a sense of peace And a sense of, you know what, it's okay. Because they're in a far better place now. And we know their legacy. And we have a legacy. We're all going to live and leave a legacy. And God is calling us to say the words that he wants us to say. And to do what he wants us to do. And to live the way that he wants us to. To live, The Bible says in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Do what it says. Do people know that you are a Christian? Do people know that you are a follower of Christ? Are there people that are going to go to heaven... And when they think about that, they think it's because you are the one that communicated your faith to them and their legacy is going to be in heaven because you communicated that to them. What is your legacy? Life is interesting, isn't it? First John chapter two, verse 17 says, the world and its desires pass away. But the man who does the will of God lives 
forever. You know, I'm so thankful that my parents knew Jesus. Their story wasn't that they knew Jesus when they met. My mom grew up in a Catholic home, and it was a very, uh, a very strict Catholic home. And my mom went to parochial schools, and uh, she remembers the nuns going around and and uh, and snapping uh, their uh, knuckles with a uh, with a ruler. And um, she remembers uh, uh, my mom saying things like. Uh, uh, her mom saying things like the devil's going to get you with his pitchfork and and uh, it was not loving and then um, it was all about rules, 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 rules. That was the way my mom grew up and then she met my dad and my dad was, uh, he wasn't Catholic, he wasn't anything and, and then they said that they wanted to get married and so um, my, my mom's mom said the right thing to do was to excommunicate my mom and kick my mom to the curb and said she'll have nothing to do with her anymore and then my mom and dad started to have faith. And then they grew in their faith, and they were a part of a Christian church up in Rockford, and they grew in that, and they grew in that, and they grew in that, and they grew in that before I was ever born. And so the life that I have led was I grew up, my parents tell me that the very first Sunday that I was not in the hospital anymore, uh, I was uh, at church and that I've been in church uh, my whole life ever since. And I watched my parents and they, they would fight occasionally, but I watched my parents uh, uh, restore that and put that back together and make that uh, right with one another. And I grew up in a home where my uh, parents kind of, uh, my dad, oh, I got in trouble, oh man, I did things that I'll never tell anybody that I did. My parents know that I did them. And uh, if I told you what I did, you wouldn't listen to me as a preacher anymore. But here's what I know. If I knew what you did, I wouldn't even talk to you. So, um, uh, but you know, I, and I, I get in trouble and so my dad you know I'd go in he'd say go into your room and I'd have to sit down on the bed he'd bring the paddle with him and he'd say Steve you're gonna get spanking you know I'd be bawling my eyes and he says I want you to know something I love you and I care about you but what you did is not okay it's not acceptable and that's why I have to do this he'd say you bend over the bed and I'd get whooped and uh, it wasn't abuse it was never abusive but I knew when the paddle came I didn't hate my dad I hated the paddle (laughs) But they loved me, cared for me, looked after me. And their legacy is, my dad's legacy and my mom's legacy is, they know Jesus Christ. It's their king, their Lord, and their savior. Did they do everything perfectly? No. Will I? No. Will you? No. But we only get a little bit of time. Then life is over. Jesus calls us to live every day for him. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, if you've never been baptized into Christ, that's a conversation that I would like to have with you. You need to be baptized into Christ. You need to give your life for Christ so that you can know when this life is over, you can go and be with Jesus. If you already know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, step up. Live for him in all that you do. Let's conclude in prayer. Father God, thank you for the gift of your son. Help us always to live for him in all that we do. We ask this in Jesus' name and amen.